Amen. Let's stand and take our Bibles tonight. I want you to go to 2 Kings 11. And I believe the message God has been working my heart about goes right well with what we're going to be, what we've heard from Him tonight. And uh, 2 Kings 11. And uh, Brother Garcia, again, thank you for being here tonight. We're so encouraged by your, your ministry there. 2 Kings 11. I want you to look around. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, please share your Bible with them. Make sure everyone has a place there. And we want to look at a subject tonight that I think is, is, um, is not focused on much more. And we want to take a moment this evening for God to work through this passage of Scripture tonight in helping your life and my life to grow in the Lord. 2 Kings chapter 11. 2 Kings chapter 11. Say amen if you're there. Amen. Well, we're on a timeline. I've got to get you out of here on time. All right? 2 Kings 11. And when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal. And Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons, which were slain. And they did hit him, and they did, and they hid him, even him and his nurse, in the bedchamber from Athaliah, so that he was not slain. And he was hid, uh, he was with her, hid in the house of the Lord six years, and Athaliah did reign over the lamb. And the seventh year Jehoiada sent and fetched the rulers over hundreds with the captains and the guard, and brought them into the house of the Lord, and made a covenant with them, and took an oath of them in the house of the Lord, and showed them the king's son. And he commanded them, saying, This is the thing that ye shall do. A third part of you shall enter in on the Sabbath, and shall even be keepers of the watch of the king's house. And a third part shall be at the gate of Shur, and a third part at the gate behind the guard. So shall ye keep the watch of the house, that it be not broken down. And two parts of all you that go forth on the Sabbath, even they shall keep the watch of the house of the Lord about the king. And ye shall compass the king round about, every man with his weapons in his hand, and he that cometh within the ranges, let him be slain, and be ye with the king as he goeth out and as he cometh in. Notice verse 12, please. And he brought forth the king's son, and put the crown upon him, and gave him the testimony... And they made him king and anointed him. And they clapped their hands and they said, God save the king. I call your attention tonight to a few words in verses 2 and 3. Would you go there with me for a moment? And customary when we do Bible study, I like to draw your attention to certain words that we want to focus on. Would you notice in verse 2 it says towards the latter part of the verse, They hid him, even him and his nurse, in the bedchamber from Athaliah, so that he was not slain. And then would you notice verse 3, would you underline this? He was with her hid in the house of the Lord six years, and Athaliah did reign over the land. Tonight I want to preach you a message, an unusual message. I want to preach you a message tonight about the hidden life. Not what are you hiding But do you have a hidden life? And what we just heard about tonight from Brother Garcia, I think we'll see tonight as this message unfolds, the importance of having a hidden life. Now, Father, tonight, bless your word this evening. We need revival tonight. We need to be refreshed and revived. We thank you already for just a blessed day and week we've had. We want you to be honored tonight. Thank you for brothers and sisters in such a busy society taking time to be in the house of God. Thank you for our missionaries to New Zealand and to Vietnam who are here tonight. May you encourage us this evening for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. About one year ago this time, some of you might remember 
that the credit reporting agency Equifax had a major data breach. And in that data breach, they told everyone that uh, confidential information they had on file, including social security numbers, dates of birth, residential addresses, driver's license, information like that, was all at risk. And, of course, if you read that like I did, you, you, you probably had a little bit of concern as to whether or not you were jeopardized or your information was at risk. And uh, something that we all consider very important to us that we keep hidden and keep confidential so that we're not victims of identity theft uh, was dangerously opened up to thieves and unscrupulous people. And, of course, many of us, some of you probably, like myself, checked it out. And you wanted to find out whether or not you were at risk there. And you probably took some extra precautionary measures at that moment of time because it was fresh in your heart and fresh in your mind about keeping information that needs to be confidential hidden there. And every one of us understands that everything vital to you financially and many other ways is at risk if it's not kept hidden. And you might say tonight in this message, you might say the key to your success and my success is information that needs to be carefully hidden. Tonight I want us to focus on a subject this evening about the key and the secret to success. The key to secrets and success is not who you're replicating. The key and secret to success is not a formula. The key and secret to success is not, is not found in numbers, is not a quantitative number. The key and secret to success is not how many push-ups you do. The key and secret to success is not necessarily what church you're a member of. The key and secret to success is not even necessarily boiled down to how many hours do you pray a day or how many chapters of the Bible do you read a day. The key and secret to success in the Christian life is whether or not you have a hidden life, whether or not you are hidden, whether or not you have this life that we call a life that is hidden in Jesus Christ. And tonight I want you to notice as we look at the subject about the starting days of a little young boy by the name of Joash, who will be the subject of maybe at least two or three other Bible studies in, in the weeks to come. I want you to notice how this young man, Joash, how a boy that could have been killed, that was at risk and losing his life, how someone took concern and stole him, literally kidnapped him, and hid him, and of all places, hid him in the bedchamber of a house of the house of God. And there, how after six years, this boy was prepared and ready to become the king of the land. And how I want you to see tonight the importance and the essence of the hidden life for success in the Christian life. Quickly tonight, would you notice several things? First of all, notice in verse 1, we see a dangerous movement. In verse 1, we see Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, and she arose and destroyed the seed royal. Now, the message tonight is not about Athaliah, but we need to see some things about this woman, Athaliah. Athaliah was the daughter of, of, of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. They were dead. She was the sister of King Joram. She was probably the epitomization of everything her mother was. She was a wicked woman. When she saw that, that King Hezekiah was dead, she decided to take matters in her hand. She was recognized as a very powerful woman, a very influential woman. And at a time when there was a shift of power, because if you remember in our previous studies, King Yehu or Jehu had killed off Joram and Hezekiah. Uh, and because of that, that, uh, that the, the, there was, and, and, and he had become king. Well, Jehu had died. And now there was this, there was, there was this kind of this vacuum of time in the kingdom of Judah, their vacuum of, of opportunity. She seized upon that, and immediately she got people that were loyal to her to go throughout all of the royal nursery 
and find out everyone who was a potential heir to the throne, and she had them killed. Every single male boy, she had them killed. The Bible describes it in verse 1 here, that she arose and destroyed all the seed royal. She killed every one of those boys. She was satanically motivated to kill. I will declare to you that anyone who would kill a mass number of people or even a killer is someone who's satanically energized. I mean, just look at Charles Manson. To do what that man did back in the 60s and to do some of the things some of these mass murderers and serial killers have done, there's nothing to explain them except for the fact they were serial killers. If you read through First and Second Kings and Second Chronicles, if you study your Bible very carefully, you notice behind Behind the scenes, invisibly, Satan is trying to work through different means to kill off the seed of kings. He was trying to prevent the the the, the, the seed of David from being eventually born, or the Lord Jesus Christ. He tried to interrupt the lineage of keeping Jesus from being born there. We read later on when Jesus was a young child, we see Herod kicking, all, killing all the boys that were two years of age and under in the city of Bethlehem. You know, Satan is out to go after the boys. Satan's out to kill the sons. He's using the methodology of killing babies, innocent babies, in the wombs of their mothers. We call that abortion. He's using legalization through nations like ours to allow this to happen. Satan's intent on one thing, and that is the killing innocent victims. Now, I want to tell you tonight, while we look at this woman at the lie, this dangerous movement, I remind you tonight that the dangerous movement of Satan, of killing off people and killing off things, is still in existence today. Satan doesn't like a church like ours. And Satan, Satan doesn't love what this man is doing here, and what this man is doing here. Satan doesn't like the birth of churches. Satan desires to kill off churches. Satan desires to kill off programs. Satan desires to kill programs and ministries. Listen, Satan tonight wants to kill your spirit. He wants to keep you from having a soul winning spirit. He wants to kill your joy. He wants to take away from you the desire of seeing things happen. He wants to kill your vision. He wants to kill your motivation for doing things. You get older. You get disillusioned. You get disenchanted. Something happens in your life. Satan is satanically engineering to kill off things. He wants to kill a giving spirit in a church. He wants to kill a good and united spirit in a church. He wants to kill your prayer and Bible reading time. You may have started off with good goals and good intentions for 2018, but now we're in June. And as we're in June, we find maybe that perhaps we're not on target with our goals. And maybe we've had seasons of time where we've missed our prayer time and missed our Bible time. And we know that though on the outside we look okay, we know that inside our inward man is perishing. I'm just saying tonight, just as Athaliah rose up to kill the sea royal, I remind you tonight, Satan is going about trying to kill every emphasis of things that are good. He wants to kill a missions program of a church. Listen, if you want to kill a church, the first place to kill a church is in missions and so many. You stop so winning, you die. You stop missions, you die. You stop having a desire for souls, you die. You better say amen tonight. We're going to be here for a long time. You're going to die. And your spirit will be gone. And I'm going to tell you tonight, churches that are declining, churches that are losing attendance, churches where things are not happening, you can point to one thing. They've lost that soul winning zeal and lost that soul winning endeavor. I'm just saying tonight, we've got to be on the lookout. There's an Athaliah waiting on the wings there trying to kill off a nursery program. Let me tell you tonight, the Athaliahs want to come in and they want to kill, kill off a young person and kill a young person's desire through education, through materialism to get a young man, instead of having a hope and a desire of seeing him making a difference for Jesus Christ with the gospel, instead of giving a desire, I can be a great doctor and I can be a great lawyer, let me tell you tonight, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul tonight 
I'm saying tonight we've got to be careful of Anathaliah that wants to kill things. Paul told us in 2 Timothy 3, 1, that the last day perilous times will come and, sur- and surrounding those perilous times is a self-centered desire of advancement and promoting my cause. Let me tell you tonight, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord this evening. This- so tonight we see, first of all, dangerous movement. But let's get back to our passage of study tonight. Notice, secondly, where you see a dangerous movement. Thank God there's a determined ministry. Or if all we did was spend our time talking about Athaliah, we'd miss the point here where there was an Athaliah. Thank God in verse 2 there was a Jehoshaphat. Amen. Thank God Jehoshaphat was married to a preacher. Jehoiada was her husband. Listen, thank God this was a woman who was the sister of Ahaziah. And uh, even though in spite of her, her brother not being the best of all kings, she still lived for God. Let me tell you something tonight. You might have a brother. You might have a sister. You might have a father. You might have a mother. You might have a classmate. You may have a friend. They, not, they may not be living for God. But listen, you still live for God. You still live for God. Don't let your peers, don't let your siblings, don't let other people's examples determine where you're going to go for God. You get your eyes on Jesus, amen? You get your eyes on Christ and decide tonight, you're going to live for God. Regardless of wherever, whatever direction the world goes, you just say, where Jesus goes, that's where I'm going to go. Where Jesus is headed, that's where I'm headed. And this, you say, well, that's not the way the world's going. Listen, the world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God shall abide forever there. We see a determined ministry. Notice verse 2. Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Yoram, sister of Ahaziah, she took Joash. I want to tell you, this was a bold woman. Amen. She took that child. She took that little boy. He's one years of age. She saw these boys, these little baby boys getting slaughtered. She saw little toddler boys getting slaughtered. She saw elementary boys getting slaughtered. She saw teenage boys getting slaughtered. And I don't know about you, but I'm in a place in life when I see a young man drop out of church, when I see the devil getting a hold of some young man or some older man, that grieves my heart, grieves my soul because I look, that's a potential Sunday school teacher. That's a potential driver for a bus. That's a potential soul winner for the glory of God. That's a potential preacher that the devil is successful in getting. But thank God, Jehoshaphat, though she would, we don't have any knowledge if she was a mother. We don't have any knowledge of where she was accomplishing, but none things in mind. She saw that little boy and she said, you know what? There's one boy she's not going to get. There's one boy we've got to preserve. There's one boy we've got to cover. Let me talk to you tonight. Mothers, mothers, I'm going to tell you tonight, you cover your sons with prayer and cover your daughters with prayer and you pray over them that the devil doesn't get his paws on them. And this woman, Jehoshaphat, the Bible says she took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and she stole him from among the king's sons. Do you understand what she did? She put her life at risk. Do you understand what she did? She and Jehoiada could have been put to death. She, she took this boy from among the king's sons which were slain. And the Bible says she hid him, even him and his nurse, in the bedchamber from Athaliah so that he was not slain. And he was with her, hid in the house of the Lord six years. I want you to see something tonight. This woman was determined heart. Satan is not going to get this boy. Satan is not going to get Joash. They're not going to kill this boy. They may have got everybody else, but they're not going to get this boy. And we're going to make sure we're going to find a secure place we're going to hide him. And if all places. Thank God she hid him in the house of God. Hey, don't tell me church is a bad place. And don't tell me church the church is not family oriented. And don't tell me church is not a place to say I'm going to tell you safest place you can be in the will of God is in the house of the Lord tonight. Oh, it's so hard to go to church. And oh, they want me to do things. Listen, I'd rather be in church. David said I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than anywhere else tonight. I tell you your problem, you got too much Disney Channel in your head. Get Disney Channel in your head, out of your head and get the Word of God in your head. Amen? Amen? You got too much of CNN in your head. Get out of CNN and get in Fox News instead. Amen? No. <laughs> Joash was her nephew. 
During the week, I walked by our nursery. And I prayed over that nursery over there. And some of you haven't gone with me yet, but I'm gonna, I've been walking people through the building. And casting vision. And I'll be honest with you, I've walked by those nurseries and some of those rooms. And I stop for a minute, I get a little, I get a little choked up thinking about, there could be a Hudson Taylor that's going to be that nursery one day. There might be a David Livingston in that nursery one day. Those rooms are not being built out to waste God's money. Though that building is not being built as a monument to some man's history. That building is a tool in the hands of God. And I'm going to be praying over whether you do or not. I'm praying over a chair, every body that goes in there, beginning with that little nursery. Praying, God, please help us that we'd understand what's being taught and what should be ingrained and who's serving in there. That this is all about, as the preacher said tonight, from the nursery all the way up to the nursing home, that we're concerned about people's souls. She hid him in the house of the Lord for six years. You know, the the hidden life is a mystery to many Christians. What's a hidden life? But I'm going to tell you tonight, more than a mystery, I believe the hidden life is missing for many Christians. The hidden life, as we'll see tonight, is the secret to success in the Christian life. First of all, you notice the position in the hidden life. Go with me to Colossians chapter 3. In Colossians chapter 3, we find reference there so we, so we can understand what is the hidden life. I want you to see the position in the, in the hidden life. It's a position. The Bible says in Colossians 3 verses 1 to 4, quickly turn there. You need to read the scriptures with me tonight. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll read the odd number of verses. And just to make sure you're with me, you read the even number of verses. Does that sound okay? Okay, I'm going to read odd, you read even, okay? If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, for Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Congregation, set your... Listen to verse 3. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Congregation, verse 4. Now, that could be the whole message. Let me just tell you real quickly, what is the position of a hidden life? First of all, the position of a hidden life, it is a saved life. Amen? It is a saved life. It is not something unique to unsaved people. The only people that can have a hidden life are saved people. Notice verses 1 to 3. If ye be risen with Christ, if you are in Christ. You read about all of Colossians who was settling, trying to settle these believers who are being attacked by false teachers of who they were in Jesus Christ. A, a hidden life is a saved life. But notice in verse 4, a hidden life is a secure life. Hey, I'm thankful today. Once you're saved, you're always saved. Amen. Notice verse 4. It tells us this. It says, when Christ, who is our life, aren't you glad tonight Jesus is your life? Amen. He is my all in all. He's my life. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with Him in glory. That's that's security. That's promise for the future. Listen, if you're struggling tonight about whether you're saved, and you're struggling tonight by your assurance of salvation, let's get that settled tonight. Amen. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Let's get that settled 
settled tonight. A hidden life is a saved life. It's a secure life. Notice verses 5 through 9. It is a separated life. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. And he talks about sins of the flesh and sins of the spirit. It's a separated life. It's a sufficient life. Look at chapter 1, verse 27, and chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. He, the Bible talks about the fact that Jesus Christ is the hope of glory for every believer. And it says, in Him are found all the treasures of wisdom. Listen, it is a, everything you need in life you find in Jesus Christ tonight. Joash was hid in the house of the Lord with Jehoiada to Jehoshaphat and her nurse for six years. Everything he needed was right there. Listen, the hidden life is a position. But notice, secondly, notice the privacy of a hidden life. The hidden life is where God meets with you and you meet with God. Write that down. The hidden life is where God meets with you and you meet with God. By the way, did you meet with God this morning? Did God meet with you this morning? And go with me to Matthew chapter 6 for many of our new believers tonight. Matthew chapter 6, notice verses 5 and 6. We have kind of an insight here about the privacy of the hidden life. It is not a public life. It is a private life. It is something in secret that God works in our, play, in our lives. Notice Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut thy door, pray, <coughs> pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Jesus was emphasizing to us that prayer time and a prayer life is a secret life. It is a hidden life. It is a private life. It's a place where you go and sequester yourself and seclude yourself off from everything else and you close the door behind you so there are no distractions coming in and you're not distracted to come out. I'm reminded in 2 Kings chapter 4 of the widow woman whose husband died prematurely and she all she had was a cruise of oil. Remember that? And she came to Elisha and said, what were we going to do? And he said, how many vessels do you have? And she said, what do you have in the house? She said, just this little cruise of oil. And he said, oh, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to all your neighbors. I want you to borrow all the vessels you can. Borrow not a few. And after you got all the vessels, I want you to go back inside your room. And he said, shut the door behind thee. He said, I want to show you some things that I want to do. I want to tell you tonight, God told Elijah, go hide thyself by the brook Kirith. I want to tell you tonight in Exodus chapter 33, God took Moses and hid him in the cleft of the rock. I want to tell you tonight that, that the parents of Moses, Amran and Jochebed, when the baby was born at a time when the law said, kill the baby boys, they boldly took that boy by faith and they hid him for three months. I'm going to tell you tonight, it is a life of privacy. It's a place that is developed in privacy. The hidden life is where God is meet working in your life. Nobody sees it but you and God. You know the story. I've told this many times and noted violinist, a very famous violinist was asked by some students. They said, sir, what is the secret to your success? They said, how do you attribute your ability to play the violin the way you do? And he said two words, Planned neglect. And they said, say that again. He said, plan neglect. He said, I plan to neglect everything else that I need to do until I've spent eight hours secluded in private, practicing and rehearsing on my violin. Listen tonight, we are not going to go anywhere as a church. You're not going to go anywhere as a Christian. You'll never see the fruit you want to see. You'll never see the prayers answered. You'll never see the soul saved. You'll never see the fruit that's abounding in your life until you decide you're going to have a life that's hidden in Christ and God, a life that's hidden in private where you meet with God in prayer. I wonder tonight, do you have a hiding place where you meet with God? The, I'm telling you tonight, the hidden life is a, is a position and the hidden life is a place of privacy. But notice something else. Would you notice the preparation of a hidden life? 
He was there for six years. They purposely planned he would be hidden in the bedchamber of the house of the Lord with his nurse, Jehoshaba and Jehoiada for six years. For six years, these three would invest and pour themselves into the life of this boy. Just a thought for you. Just a thought for you. If you invested your life six years in one person, what do you think would happen? If you invested your life for six years in just one person. Elijah gave ten years to Elisha. Moses gave forty years to Joshua. Six years. Preparation. The hidden life is where kings were made. The hidden life is where preachers are made. Preachers, you're in the Word. Make sure you got a, you're hidden somewhere. The hidden life is where strong, mature Christians are made. I want to encourage you this summer. Make this a summer of great growth. Make this a summer. You're, you're just going to determine, I'm going to grow in the Lord. I'm going to read through my Bible. I'm going to spend some time in prayer. I'm going to start that Christ walk journal that Dr. Van Gelderen preached on and encouraged us about. The hidden life is where prophets are made. The hidden life is where a life of prayer becomes a life of power. The hidden life is where sermon messengers are inspired and are, and are born out of the heart of God. The hidden life is where God gives His vision for His work. The hidden life is where victory is found. The hidden life is where miracles occur. The hidden life is where obedience must abound. The hidden life is where faith obeys and is executed. The hidden life is necessary for souls to be saved. Jochebed and Amran had a hidden life and it produced Moses. Elijah had a hidden life and he went from being a man of guilt becoming a man of God. Listen, tonight we look at that and we just marvel that. The hidden life of Hannah is the preacher preached about Sunday night. The hidden life of Hannah resulted in the birth of a Samuel. The hidden life of, of, the, of the believers in the early church birthed churches throughout that land. Listen, the hidden life of Paul there at Troas in Acts chapter 16 verse 8. As he hid himself from asking God what to do, it resulted in him getting a vision. The hidden life birthed churches all throughout Macedonia. And some of the greatest churches of the first century were birthed because of that hidden time that he had with God. The hidden life is where a son would one day become a king. The hidden life is a place of preparation. We will never be where we need to be. We will never get done everything God wants us to do unless we have a hidden life. Listen, you're not going to get it done in your efforts alone and perspiration alone and calluses on your hands and do doing all these things, there's got to be some, some determination that the greatest ministry you will ever have in your life is a hidden life with our Savior. By the way, if we're going to raise a family in a generation that's going to live for God, it's going to happen because of a hidden life. But notice something else. Would you notice the protection of a hidden life? Isn't that amazing? He was hid there for six years. You know what it tells me? More church is good for you. I, let me say it again. More church is good for you. More church is good for you. It's good for you. You say, well, pastor, are we going to have church seven days a week? Well, if we want to be a New Testament church, we should. Amen. <laughs> Daily in the temple from every house. But notice the protection. He wasn't at a disadvantage. He was at the advantage. He wasn't at risk. He was protected. 
Notice with me, if you'll go to Psalms chapter 91, please. Would you go there? Psalms 91, verses 1 to 7. Would you notice as I read this tonight, please? He that dwelleth in where? What kind of place? That's the hidden place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of where? Of El Elyon, the Most High God, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings. By the way, that's not talking about chicken wings. Amen? That's talking about the wings of the cherubims. The holiness of God. Being under His holiness. If you're, if you're some under, you're under the wrong wings if you're not under the wings of the cherubim. Amen? And he says here in verse 4, he says, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrows that flyeth by day, nor for the pestilence that walk in the darkness, nor for the destruction that wasted at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. I am thank God that hidden life is a position. I am thank God tonight there's the privacy of a hidden life. And I thank God tonight there's a preparation of a hidden life. But thank God tonight there's protection in the hidden life. Over in Manila Bay in the Philippines, there's an island called Corregidor. Corregidor became very, very prominent through World War II. On Corregidor, our troops dug a tunnel underneath it that's called Malinta Tunnel. Malinta Tunnel, during the height of that time of the war, when there was the invasion into the Philippines, was a place where a hospital, army hospital, was kept for the safety of those who were injured and was also the headquarters of General Douglas MacArthur. When the bombings intensified there in those parts and the attacks intensified, many, many of the Allied forts were told, just go to Malinta Tunnel, you'll be safe in Malinta Tunnel. Listen tonight, we've got a place better than Malinta Tunnel. We've got a place better than any bomb shelter. Under the shadow of his wings shall you hide. I'm telling you tonight, as this young boy Joash was saved as he was hidden there in the bedchamber of the house of God, he was hid there for in the house of the Lord for six years, even so the same way, when you come under the shadow of the Almighty, and when you're hidden there, you are safely protected. I like the fact of what one writer said, safety is not found in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. We have a hymn that we sing that's entitled Hiding in Thee. Would you follow as I read the stanza tonight? It says, O safe to the rock that is higher than I, my soul in its conflicts and sorrows would fly. Alone I would perish, undone would I be. Thou blessed rock of ages, I I'm hiding in thee, in the calm of the noontide, in sorrow's lone hour. In times when temptation casts over me its power, in the tempest of life, on its wide heaving sea, thou blessed rock of ages, I'm hiding in thee. How often the conflict, when pressed by the foe, I fled to my refuge and breathed out my woe. How often when trials like sea billows roll, have I hidden in thee, O thou rock of my soul, hiding in thee. Hiding in thee, thou blessed rock of ages, I'm hiding in thee. I'm saying tonight, thank 
God, this woman had a determined ministry. She saw the vision of one life. She thought if I could salvage this one life, we could find that we can, we can get this boy and work on him. There was privacy. There was a position. There was preparation. There was protection. Hey, tonight, do you have a hidden life? The hidden life is the only kind of life that's going to give you success. The hidden life is the only kind of life that will see answers to prayer. And the hidden kind of life is the only life that will result in fruit that will abound to the glory of God. We see here tonight a determined ministry. But notice as we close tonight, verses 12 to 16. We saw a dangerous movement. There was an Athaliah murdering the seed royal. We see a determined ministry. We see Jehoshaphat rising up and she steals this boy Joash and she takes him and hides him inside the house of God where nobody except for God and her husband and, 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 and her nurse would find him. But notice as we close tonight, would you notice one more thing? Would you notice the dynamic manifestation? Listen tonight, a private life, a hidden life is not to stay that very long. There comes a time when all the protection, when all the preparation, when all the privacy, there comes a time when the private life needs to go public. There comes a time when you're not hidden forever because at some point in time the hidden life results in God making a dynamic manifestation God got this boy ready at six years of, for six years he became seven and then eight years of age the day came when Jehoiada and Jehoshaphat would jointly make a presentation of Joash the day would come when the rightful king would be presented publicly the day would come when what was being developed in private would be demonstrated in public listen there comes a time where you've spent and toiled and labored in prayer when you've te- spent some time toiling and laboring before the presence of God when you fasted and prayed and you've read your Bible you spent time with God there comes a time God says get off your knees Alan get off your knees and I want you to go out and reach the high, go to the highways and hedges to compel them to come in to, 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 that, that my house may be filled there comes a time young man when you need to spend time praying but there comes a time when you've spent time praying God's going to raise you up and say young man I want you to go and preach I want you to go find a city over here where there's no independent Baptist church and start a church he's going to say young man there comes a time and place where there's a country and there's a city like Hanoi and a place like Ho Chi Minh City that needs a gospel preaching church and a preacher that's not ashamed of Jesus Christ that will go. But if you go in your own power, it won't happen. You must go in private somewhere where the hidden life is developed and prepared so God can thrust you out and use you for His glory. The purpose of God through a hidden life is that there will be a presentation that will make an impact. Would you consider with me what God did with hidden lives? The day came when Moses the shepherd became Moses the prophet. The day came when Nehemiah the cupbearer would be presented and be Nehemiah the wall builder. God one day told Elijah, go hide thyself. And three and a half years later, he said, Elijah, go show thyself. Paul got his starting point when he got saved. Damascus of Syria. The disciples there took him, them, took him under their wings and they discipled him. It was an unforgettable discipleship experience. And after he got presented and received by the church of Jerusalem... Paul wasn't, it wasn't sufficient for Paul that he stay there. And we read over in Galatians chapter 1 that he went away to Arabia for as much as three years and he hid himself there. We have no idea what happened to Arabia, but I'll tell you this. He went from being Paul the persecutor to becoming Paul the preacher. God did something great in his life. Notice verse 12 with me, please. Jehoiada pulls the men together. During that time, I believe he was secretly telling people what was going on. 
He was testing them out and making sure that he could trust people because the day would come when the king would be presented. You see, the wrong person was on the throne. Athaliah was on the throne and Athaliah needed to be dethroned and Athaliah needed to come off and the rightful king had to come. And notice verse 12 as he concludes all this. This is what the Bible says. And he brought forth the king's son and put the crown upon him and he gave him the testimony and they made him king and anointed him and they clapped their hands and said, God save the king. Now all that I'm going to read to you tonight, that I read to you tonight just for sake of time, that is the dynamic manifestation. Can I give you some one words that kind of identify what happened here? Notice, first of all, there was an acknowledgement. There was the acknowledgement that there was just one king. There was just one king on which they put the crown on. There would be one king. They would clap their hands and say, God save the king. Hey, there's acknowledgement. Hey, listen, the hidden life confesses one king. There are two kings. No man can serve two masters. Hey, listen, you either serve God or you're serving mammon. Tonight, I ask you the question, who's on the throne of your heart? You can only have one king. And they acknowledge and they clap their hands. They said, God, save the king. Listen, if you're struggling, if you're living a defeated life, if you're powerless, things aren't happening, souls aren't being saved, nothing's going on, you're just content having a status quo, living beneath the poverty level of God's blessings. Let me tell you tonight, it might be because there's a need of a hidden life for God. There's acknowledgement. He brought forth the king's son. By the way, let's make Jesus, let's lift Jesus up. Amen. There was an acknowledgement. Notice in verse 17, there was a, an amalgamation. There was unification. Hey, listen, the, king, the kingdom was all messed up for seven years. It was all messed up. Hey, let me tell you what. When Jesus isn't on the throne, everything's messed up. Amen? Everything's messed up. Jesus in first, things are messed up. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's why Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 2, I will that first of all, that prayer... I'm telling you tonight, they had to get this right. And when they got it right, there was amalgamation. In verse 17, when Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people, notice that they should be the Lord's people between the king also and the people. Why is it significant, Pastor? i tell you why it's significant. Because they were idol-worshipping people. And until they got the right king on the throne, they couldn't be a united people. And I'm telling you tonight, when there's an idol on the throne and covetousness is in the way, and there's other idols that are in your way, keep you from serving God. When your job is in the way, and money's in the way, and your career is in the way, education in the way. Listen, there comes a battle. Is Jesus first or education first? Is Jesus first or money first? Now listen, tonight, when they got that all right, the people got unified and they were known not as Baal's people. They were known as the Lord's people there. There was amalgamation. There was anointing. They anointed him. The hidden life manifested the power of God. Where you got the anointing, you've got the power. There was abolishment. He said, he told those men, now you get ready. When we say God save the king, you take Athaliah. And Athaliah heard it. She saw that the movement was against her, turned against her immediately. She cried out, treason, treason. He said, don't dirty up the house of God with her. Amen. Take her outside and deal with her. There was abolishment. Those verses 17 21, there was anticipation. It says here, Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king of the people. 
that they should be the Lord's people between the king also and the people. And all the people of the land went into the house of Baal, and they break it down. His altars and his images break they in pieces thoroughly, and they slew Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars. And the priests appointed officers over the house of the Lord. And he took the rulers over hundreds, and the captains, and the guard, and the people of the land. And they brought down the king from the house of the Lord, and came by the way of the gate of the guard to the king's house. And he sat on the throne of the kings. And the Bible says, And all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was in quiet. And they slew Athaliah with the sword beside the king's house. And seven years old was Jehoash when he began to reign. Listen, with that kind of movement, with that kind of preparation, I could trust a seven-year-old to lead the kingdom. Amen? I wouldn't trust the seven-year-olds in here tonight, but I would trust him. Amen? (laughs) Truly, there were crowning results. Can you imagine what the people thought? The best days are still to come. Hey, church, we have that grand opening of that building. You walk with me and envision what God's going to do in those rooms. Don't get caught up with the high-tech stuff. Our Internet's down in here, but that doesn't stop the power of God. You can't pray down Internet power, but you can pray down the power of God. Amen. You walk in the building and this building. And by the way, don't neglect the original building. That building still needs to be filled up. We're, we're going to have close to 50,000 square feet of space God's entrusting us with to fill up for the glory of God. I remember when we had less than 1,000 square feet of space. They took him and they hid him, even him and his nurse in the bedchamber from Athaliah so that he was not slain. Do you want victory? Do you want joy? Do you want to see results? Do you want power? Do you have a hidden life? The hidden life is a secret to a successful Christian life. Would you indulge me as I close tonight? I want to read a, a poem to you that has been very special to me over the years. And every now and then I'll resort back to that to encourage me. It's a title, and I met the Master. It goes like this. I'd walk life's way with an easy tread. Had followed where comforts and pleasures led. Until one day in a quiet place, I met the Master face to face. With station and rank and wealth for my soul. Much thought for my body, but none for my soul. I'd entered to win in life's mad race when I met the Master face to face. I built my castles and I built them high. With their domes had pierced the blue of the sky. I'd sworn to rule with an iron mace. Then I met the Master face to face. I met him and I knew him. And I blushed to see that his eyes full of sorrow were fixed on me. And I faltered and fell at his feet that day. My castles all melted and they vanished away. Melted and vanished and in their place... Not else did I see but the Master's face. And I cried aloud, O make me meek, to follow the steps of thy wounded feet. My thought is now for the souls of men. I lost my life to find it again. There since one day, in a quiet place, I met the Master face to face. They took him and they hid him. Can you imagine what God would do If you just had a hidden life, you have it in position. 
But you have it. But to have it developed, you you must be a place of preparation, a place of privacy. We shut the door behind you. It's a place of protection. It's a place where you get your message from God, your orders from God. You know what you're supposed to do. Do you have a hidden life? Is your life hid? Are you hidden somewhere with God? I urge you tonight to find your place and having a life that's hid with God. Father, this evening, we ask that you would help us as we kind of just pull all this together. The secret to Joash, <clears throat> that he went from being just a little kid and through a hidden life, he became a great king. Kings are made in the hidden life. Prophets are made in the hidden life. Power only comes from a hidden life. Fruit bearing only comes from a hidden life. Victory over sin and over temptation only comes from a hidden life. Churches are birthed through a hidden life. Visions are obtained through a hidden life. Miracles occur because of a hidden life. Oh God, tonight, my prayer for our church is what, Matthew, what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are they that thirst and hunger after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And Lord, they shall see God. And maybe tonight, Lord, oh, what tonight, would you give a great thirst and a great hunger for a hidden life and not being content with just a five minutes here and ten minutes here and just making, we give our worst time of the day instead of our best time of the day to the Lord. And honestly, tonight, I pray that we would just let the words of Psalms 91.1 work in our hearts. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. And God, thank you tonight. There are many who, who have somewhat of a hidden life and they could point to a place and time where God should work. Help us, Lord, to treasure it. Help us tonight to cherish it. And maybe tonight someone here is not saved. Someone here tonight is not, doesn't have that, that position or that possession. They have not received your son, Jesus Christ, as personal Savior yet. Maybe tonight that Lord Christ would be the hope of glory in their lives, that they would trust him and be rooted and built up in him by having a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Tonight, Lord, we ask for you to be glorified in our lives. We pray for your blessing, your working, and the invitation time. Do a thorough and mighty work in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Let's stand. The pianist is going to play. I invite you to come tonight to find your place. Maybe this summer, this is the right place to start to get a hidden life. Would you come tonight? If you know you don't have a hidden life, God knows that too. Would you find your place tonight? Listen, the hidden life is a place. It's it's, it's a saved life. It's a secluded life. It's a separated life. It's a sufficient life. By the way, it's a, it's a saturated life. The Bible says in Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. You wonder why prayers aren't being answered. You wonder why souls are not getting saved. You wonder why things are not happening. I, I believe you can trace it to one thing. It's the hidden life. The hidden life helps us to overcome the anxieties of our soul, the burdens of our life, and finding God at work. Maybe you're having sleepless nights. Maybe you have anxious cares. Do you have a hidden life? This boy, Joash, was hidden. Thank God he didn't know what to do as a baby, but somebody knew what to do in praying over him. The hidden life produces Moses's. The hidden life produces Samuel's. The hidden life produces Elijah's. The hidden life produces Nehemiah's. The hidden life produces a Paul and a Peter and a John. The hidden life produces a Barnabas. The hidden life produces the results God wants us to see. Would you help us tonight by saying, for the sake of my life and for my family and for this church, I'll have a hidden life. You find your place here tonight. Would you do that? Father, tonight we greatly, greatly need an emphasis on the hidden life. I think about, Lord, what you said to Elijah. Elijah, go hide thyself by the brook Kirith. And three years later, you said, Elijah, go show thyself. 
And we think about what happened. One man against 800 false prophets. How the fire of God came down that day. How Lord rain came back that day. Lord, we need the results and the fruit and the product of a hidden life. Father, would you put a stirring in our hearts and bother us and disturb us and convict us, compel us, Lord, to have the essence of a hidden life for your glory. Thank you tonight for what you've done. Thank you for a good crowd of our folks who are here tonight. Thank you for Brother Garcia. We pray that you'll bless his endeavors here in the United States and that he'll get back to the Philippines safely, back to, uh, to Vietnam safely, that you bless him to be able to get a support raise. Bless Brother and Mrs. Brinkman as they return tomorrow. We're so thankful for their fellowship and friendship and use them greatly there in Oakland. We pray that, Lord, all of that northern island would be affected by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then would you use us tonight, Lord, as a church of affecting our area, of taking a difference here and realizing we must have your power, we must have your enablement so that this area can be reached with the gospel. Bless and use us for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.